Good morning. So this talk today started life in a dream. And a dream I had. And in this dream I was on a train, sitting on a train. And you know where the train, they have those screens that tell you what the next station is? Where the sort of words scroll across the top? Do you know what I mean? Well, in this dream, as I was sitting there, the title of this talk appeared. And I thought, well, that's an interesting start. So after that, the content of the talk scrolled across the dream. And this has never happened to me before. Um, but it did save an awful lot of preparation time. So, so. <laughs> so today we are going to be meeting the king. And by the way, if you don't believe the Lord speaks through dreams, please don't say that to Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber because they made a lot of money on the back of Joseph's dreams. So we're going to be talking about meeting the king, but, but not just talking about meeting the king, Jesus, not just talking about it, but we're actually going to do it. So we are going to meet the king. So question for you right at the start. Who would like to meet the king? Thank you to the three people who responded there. It's an interesting question, and it's one we need to think about. We shouldn't just automatically assume. What do we really, really want to meet Jesus? Now, we can meet the king at any time, in any place, can't we? But coming to a church service like this should be one of those major occasions. So do we really want to? Or do we come for other reasons? Do we have the true desire? You know, do we come because it's part of our weekly routine? Or we come because we just enjoy it? Or we meet our friends? Now all these things are fine, but they shouldn't be the main reason that we should come here to meet Jesus, to worship the Lord together. So we need to have that desire. But if, even if we have that desire... Do we actually expect to meet him? When you came here this morning, did you expect to have an encounter with Jesus? Because I must confess that sometimes I don't expect to. You know, occasionally I consciously don't expect to. Which is terrible really, isn't it? I come expecting nothing, and then I find that my expectations have been greatly met. But more often than not, I just don't think about it. Which is ridiculous, isn't it? Because we have the opportunity to meet the king. So our expectations do matter. The more we expect, the more we seek, the more we will find. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who receives, everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, Finds. So it is good to expect to meet Jesus when we come to church. But when we come, how do we prepare? Now, any meeting I go to, and I go to a lot, <coughs> I like to prepare really well. I will prepare in advance. I know what I want to achieve at that meeting. I will set objectives. I know how I'm going to play it, what I intend to say, how I'm going to say it, etc., etc., I have a very clear strategy for that meeting. So why on earth do I have such a different approach when I come to church, when I've got the opportunity to meet the king? And I suspect I'm not alone in that. Um, You know, when I arrive at church, um, there are so many things on my mind. 
and they get in the way. You know, I might arrive at the door and I'll have one of those grumpy old man moments because the person in front of me has just taken the last custard cream or something really critical like that. I'll then have a look around and I'll see who I want to sit, de- sit next to and then I sit back and wait and say, okay, entertain me, if you like. Is that the best way to prepare to meet the king? Do we prepare at all? Or do we just rush in without thinking? Are we often late? Is our main objective seeing Fred about house group on Friday or something like that? Are we focused on what our children are doing? And if, we, if our minds are full of these things, what respect are we showing to the king if that's our approach? Thankfully, he accepts us exactly as we are, doesn't he? But if we don't prepare, we're going to miss out on miss, we're going to miss out on so so much. So our preparation is really important. Has anyone here ever met the Queen? One, I've met the Queen. There you go, just to, just to prove it. All right, enough of that. So. <laughs> Even if we're anti-royal, most people would want to meet the Queen, and she is a lovely lady. And if we were going to meet the Queen, we would think about it in advance, wouldn't we? We, In my case, I told everybody about it, uh, that I was going to meet the Queen. We would be excited about it. We would think about what to wear, what to, how we were going to act, what we would say when we actually met her. My main concern was, because she is quite short, to be honest, um, my main concern that I would do the bow bit, and I'd end up head-butting her. <laughs> And there'd be blood everywhere and I'd be sent to the tower and, and all that kind of stuff. We'd make sure we got there early. We would get in the right mindset, wouldn't we? So we were ready to meet the Queen. So why do we treat meeting the King so differently? Why do we sometimes show him so little respect? So how should we prepare for church? Well, we use Jesus as our role model. And uh, as as uh, Jude just, met, uh, just read in Matthew 14, 22. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And there's a clue in that, isn't there? And in Mark 14, 32, they went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. So before the service, we need to think about that. We need to to get ourselves in the right place. We need to pray in advance. Maybe we need to have a time of confession so that we get right with God. We're in the right place. We need to arrive in good time and spend a few moments in prayer as we sit down to compose ourselves because we're going to meet the King. And we have to try and put aside all the other things, all that clutter, in our lives that get, sort of fills up our heads and throws us off, sort of off kilt, if you like. And we also be, might need to be mindful of other people as they are trying to do the same thing. I can remember uh, one time, you know, about a minute before the service was going to start, I went and asked Ewan, who was leading the service, a question about something that could have waited, frankly. You know, that was wrong, wasn't it? Because that was part of his preparation time as well. So all of us can prepare. We can all do this. It might not be easy, and we need to find the way that suits us. But we have to prepare. Now, one of the benefits of being part of the prayer ministry team is before the service, we have a time of prayer. 
so that when that survey starts, we are really ready. And I know that when I prepare properly, it makes such a difference. I really can meet the king then. And I can also come away, by the way, thinking, oh, that was a good service. It's no coincidence, is it? So we need to remember that we're meeting the king. Now, we will come to this church, and we'll come to this church for all sorts of reasons. Um, it might be, say, in my case, it's because it's contemporary, it's modern, it's relaxed, it's easygoing, it's fun. We like the style of these, these kind of church services, and they're all good reasons. But yet, I wonder whether we've lost something. Because we often focus on the Jesus is our friend element. And that is important, but there's more. Romans 8, 14 to 16. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive did not make you slaves, so that you live in, in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And uh, this word Abba, and we, we talked about it in the prayers earlier, you know, the, this word Abba is nothing to do with a little-known Swedish band because it will never catch on. <laughs> we don't have a word that's adequate for Abba, do we, in the English language, but it's kind of daddy. It is that close relationship, that intimacy, that approachability so that our king is approachable and accessible. And that is really, really important because it is a relationship that is like no other. It is, he is someone who is right beside us all the way. And that is absolutely wonderful. But have we lost something along the way? We have a, a very good friend of ours who's a vicar uh, in the northeast. And he is a real man of God. He, he is a very prayerful man. He's got a heart of compassion, a real heart for his community. He's a very gentle, caring person. He's a very good vicar. But his way of doing church is very different to the way I like doing church, if you like. Um, his church are very into rituals and liturgy. Um, they, they, they use the bells and the smells, if you know what I mean by that. So there's lots of incense floating around and, and stuff. It's very, very formal. And when they read the Bible, that book is taken to the centre of the church. It is almost paraded and it is held aloft before it is read. Um, because we're talking about the word of God, you know, it is not something we just sort of chuck away afterwards. There is a great sense in his services of reverence and respect and awe when you meet the king there. Now, I couldn't do that all the time, but I love it when I go. If I did it all the time, God would feel too distant to me, to be honest. But just on those occasions when I go there, it is something very, very special. That sense of reverence. So if we were going to meet the Queen, we wouldn't sort of go up to her and say, hello Liz, how's it going? You're all right today, would we? We, know. we would treat her with respect. Because we are talking about meeting the King. Genesis 1.16, God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. When there's a clear light, do you ever look up to the sky and see the stars? They are fantastic. And here it's almost like a throwaway line. He also made the stars. This is the king we're talking about. This is the king we're approaching. 
Acts 9.32, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and were strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. And this fear, fear of the Lord, is a sense of awe. So we've got the king and we've got this balance. We've got the almighty versus the almighty. Quite a good line, that, isn't it? I actually stole it from Matt, so he gets the credit for that one. The Almighty versus the Almighty. Have we got the balance right? Are we too friendly that we've lost that sense of awe of God? Or are we too distant that we've lost that closeness? So we need to get the balance right. We need to have both. Doing just one is actually quite dangerous. So when we meet the king, we need to totally surrender into his arms and know that we can, know that it's totally safe to do so, know that we are completely and uniquely loved and know that he, he can do this and we can do this because he is the almighty king. So where can we meet the king? And the answer is, well, anywhere and everywhere, anytime and all the time. But there are also some special places, a a place where you can really sense the presence of God. Uh, Last month we went to, we were fortunate enough to go to Israel, and it was just incredible. It blew my mind to walk where Jesus literally walked. It was absolutely fantastic. And there were so many places we went to that were overwhelming, not because of their physical place, but because of what it represented and the fact that God was there. You could sense peace amongst the noise. And in these moments, I could really feel and see Jesus sitting next to me, as real as you are now. He was sitting there next to me, and that just blows me away, that the king could actually sit next to me and give me a hug with all my thoughts, frailties, foibles, bad habits, and things I do wrong, he still chose me to sit next to. Absolutely wonderful. And in those moments, nothing else mattered. Nothing else existed. It was just me and Jesus. So, for example, this is the Church of the Flagellation, where Jesus was beaten and whipped. And... um, just, it's just a little church. But I sat in there and it was unbelievable. Totally unbelievable. The experience of meeting the king in there. Totally overwhelming. It was an extremely emotional moment. And then when we came out of there and in that courtyard um, a load of uh, Koreans arrived and they were carrying a big cross and they were singing. So we worshipped with them They were singing in whatever language, I don't know. Didn't matter. We were together, sitting next to Jesus. Garden of Gethsemane. Another haven of peace. An amazing place. And you just experience God in a way that I have not experienced before. Worshipping in a church next to the pool of Bethesda, uh, which you can read about in John 5. And we sang in there, and it was like the voice of angels. Again, I've never heard worship like it. 
And it wasn't us, because we sang on the coach and we were rubbish afterwards. So <laughs> it was an incredible, moving place. And it is so real. And then sitting alone on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, at the point where Jesus appeared to the disciples after the resurrection, and he cooked them breakfast, the place where he reaffirmed Peter after he had previously denied him. And you could feel that healing process. And again, Jesus was sitting on the rock next to him. Absolutely awesome. The garden tomb. Is this the real tomb? Was this the one that Jesus was laid in? Maybe, maybe not. It actually doesn't matter. All I can say is, you go inside that tomb and you can sense something. And if you just look at Lisa and Judy's faces there, they are, you know, they're not coming out having a little joke afterwards. They're very serious. Um, There was something about it. Next to the garden tomb, this whole area is, is another oasis. Jerusalem is a busy, bustling, noisy, intense place. People everywhere. In this, this garden, in the area of the garden tomb, it is so quiet. It's like nothing else existed again. But next to it is this area here. Do you know, uh, what, where was Jesus um, crucified? What was it called? Place of the skull. Yeah. This might be it. It might be, it might not be. Can you see the skull? Does that help? It's easier to see when you're there. But it could be. And, you know, 2,000 years of weather have eroded the area, so the nose has gone for a start. But it could be. But you stand there, just looking at this, and it's incredible. But the reason I find it incredible, or the other reason, is the other half of the photo. So I'm only showing you a bit of it. That's the full photo. Because down at the bottom is a coach park. And I like that, because it's the extraordinary meeting the ordinary. And it's one of the few places where they haven't stuck a great big church on top of it. So it's just there. So it's the Almighty meeting the Almighty. So there can be special places, special times, but always remember we can meet the King anywhere, including right now. So what stops us? Well, There are lots of things that stop or try to stop us meeting the king. The devil will try and distract us or deflect us, and we need to recognise that. Time is an issue, isn't it? We don't have time. We're always too busy, always too busy to do the things that will help us meet the king. Too busy to prepare, too busy to pray, too busy to read the Bible, too busy to have fellowship with other people. And we need to recognise this as it is, and call it what it is, it is a lie. Because we all have more time than we realise. For example, how much time do we spend on social media? We have more time than we realise. We have more control over our time than we are often prepared to admit. It is mainly, not always, but mainly down to what we prioritise, what we regard as important. 
We also let idols get in the way, don't we? An idol is a talk in itself, and an idol is anything that we put in the place or in a place that should be occupied by God. It could be money, possession, status, family, friends, job, football team, anything that at any moment in time we give a higher priority to than God. Uh, one of the, uh, my former chairmen used to drive a Porsche, and he loved this car. And he told me once that uh, whenever he got on a train, he would park the, the, this Porsche in the train station, he would say goodbye to his beloved car, um, <clears throat> and he would think about it on the train journey, and then when he came back, as the train was pulling in, he'd get so excited because he was being reunited with his lovely car. And it was a nice car. But that was an idol. So who or what are we placing our trust in? Is it God? Is it the king? And then what happens if we never meet the king? Well, it's chaos, isn't it? And we see that in the world around us. We see it in our world and we see it in individuals. If we don't meet the king, it is going to go horribly wrong. And we shouldn't be surprised by that because Jesus told us this would happen. So back to the, the, uh, the reading that June read in Matthew 14. Um, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? If we take our eyes off Jesus, as an individual or collectively, we will sink. What about if we want to meet the king, but we can't seem to do so? This is one of these things that we rarely talk about in church, isn't it? What do we do if it appears that nothing is working? We want to, we try, but we can't seem to do so. And when you're in a dark place and God seems distant, when your prayers don't seem to be getting answered, when people throw Bible verses at you which they think will help, but they're just like grenades that make it worse. When you sing like we did a little bit today, death has lost its sting. But for you, you know at this moment in time it hasn't. Or if we sing, when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, but you can't. And there are no easy answers, are there? All I can say is, if that's you, he still loves you, still cares for you, is still holding on to you. And one day soon, maybe this morning, you will feel his restoration again. So, let's get practical. It's time to meet the king. So for some people here, you have never met the king. But you know there's been that voice in your background, that little tapping on the shoulder, and you've been resisting it. He's still talking to you, still tapping you on the shoulder. And he's saying to you, it's time to come home. 
Because if not now, when? And if not where? Not here, where? Come and meet the king today. It will be the best thing you have ever done. Your life will be transformed. It's time to say, yes, I'm in. Or maybe you used to know the king, but you've drifted away a bit. You used to be close, but it's not as it used to be. It's not the same. Now is the time to be restored. Jesus stands with his arms wide open, full of love and forgiveness for you. It's time for you to return. And for everybody else here, we've come here to worship together. We've come here to share, to learn. We've come here to experience. And we've come here to be overwhelmed. And we can be, if we want to, if we choose to, if we desire to. We can meet the King right now. So let's just close our eyes and bow our heads and just quietly re-engage with Jesus. It's time to meet the King.